The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our PC. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Boston Podcast, where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city, learn how to prosper in Boston and how to love Boston maybe a little bit more than you did before. I want to thank our sponsor right off the top, the United States Postal Service, the second largest employer in the United States. Visit usps.com slash careers to find out for uh, about work at the Postal Service. We are grateful to them. We're also grateful to our supporters at Adori. That's A D O R I. Go to the App Store and download the Adori uh, podcast player because it's awesome, and because you can witness a, an interactive podcast. If you are watching, consuming this podcast right now on the Adori app, you will be seeing images and other cool stuff and links and stuff that happen right on your phone as you're watching the podcast. It's podcasting like never before, thanks to our friends at Adori, and you can find out more at adorilabs.com. My guest today on the Boston Podcast is local boy, done good, musician. You might notice he has the same last name as mine because he's my brother, Adam Yaz. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. That's right. Thanks, Dave. And you, and you are... <laughs> I, I, I want to I I correct you. Local boy, done okay. <laughs> local boy done pretty good uh yeah. you know you'll you'll take what you can get but adam's a musician and um needless to say i've been following his career ever since he was playing a play school xylophone in uh, our basement when he was four and he yeah. was uh and you were rocking it i'm sure actually <laughs> it's funny i remember messing around on a guitar with um our our other brother Matt, um, the middle brother, the poor forgotten brother, who's a musician as well. I, uh, and and uh, we were playing, we were trying to write a song and it was me. You might remember this. It was me and Matt and his friend, Matt Ross. And we were singing a song that we were making up on the spot. And at one point you kind of barged in and screamed, Matt, are your raviolis ready? And we worked that into the, <laughs> it, it, we worked it into the song. Do you of remember course. that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Matt, <laughs> right yeah. and and rock history was born but the reason why i have uh adam on the show is because he has just announced that a new album a, his first solo effort now adam's been in rock bands for a long time and uh a list uh so i feel like um i'm channeling david st hubbins from spinal tap so many bands over the years so many different incarnations but um <laughs> and um so you're out there in the bay area and this is exciting for a couple reasons. One is because the music is awesome. And the second is you're doing something interesting. You've announced that an album is forthcoming and you're crowdsourcing this project, which is like the, right. thing to, the thing to do these days, I guess. So yeah. um, in a nutshell, tell us what the, what the project is about. Well, you know, you mentioned all those bands that I was in and, you know, um, the beautiful thing about being 
in your 40s and not having quite broken the way that you had always envisioned is that you find that the the um the source of inspiration becomes just the fact that you love to do it the fact that you love writing songs the fact that you love being part of the culture that you love being inspired by your favorite artists so i feel like now i'm i'm just coming into my own because i don't have all the shackles of of needing to make it all the the pressures that a lot of the younger musicians that I had when I was in my twenties to just be something, to be the next something. Um, now I'm, I'm just as much of, of who I am as I can be musically. So it's really freeing to um, go into this project because all that I have to do is whatever I want. And, yeah. um, and as as a, a guy coming from rock bands, I think the normal, or not the normal, but what felt like the natural progression for me was to write songs on my own with an acoustic guitar. Um, I've been listening to a lot of singer-songwriters over the last 10 years, especially, um, been intrigued by their process with with writing songs because I've, I've been so immersed in the band culture and bouncing ideas off everybody else and being this singer who can hide behind the, the guise of uh, the, the mystery of a band and you're a band and you're not an individual. Um, so it's always intrigued me, the, the culture of singer songwriters who can simply their motif, their, um, their gimmick, their shtick is that they, they're just themselves. Um, and a lot of people feel like Neil Young and Tom Waits are these characters. I, they're, mm. I'm sure they are to a degree, but they have this great freedom to explore avenues that, uh, that a band in a certain genre wouldn't necessarily ex- explore. So that's, yeah, because, where I, that's where I am right now. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, being in a band... I was struck by in watching you in bands over the years it's of how complicated uh, a process it must be. Cause m- most sort of casual music fans like me, I'm not a musician. I was the only brother in the family who ended up with just the karaoke uh, level musical ability. Um, oh, it, no, well, and it, but, but the point is like, you know, we take it for granted. We go to a concert and bands, you know, rock the tunes and you're just used to hearing it. Perfect. And I remember in some of the early bands you were in, they weren't perfect, but they were very good, but they weren't perfect. And absolutely I not. Of, I, right. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is I could kind of, there were some nights where you were just on and then others you were slightly off and, and you could kind of tell if, if yeah. someone misses, misses a cue is a little late coming in or is a little off on the beat. And it, it was at that moment, it hit me. This is hard. Like it's a hard thing. Yeah. And so, and so th- this is, you don't that's one element you i take it you don't have to worry about when it's you and the the guitar so that's cool Ab, well absolutely i mean it, it makes me think of a band you know like guns and roses who um they're about as lightning in a bottle as a band can get and their chemistry was so perfect um and people take for granted there's i mean there's so many great musicians out there who just haven't figured out the chemistry aspect of, of being in a band and finding a niche and, and understanding who they are. 
um, I think that was such a challenge for me because I grew up loving all these great bands right. and I just didn't know, I didn't know where we fit. And I don't know if necessarily I was ever, you know, if I ever hit the lotto in terms of chemistry, um, I, you know, I, I've played with some incredible people, but you, you always are hoping f to, to strike gold, strike oil, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and so much of it is just, is just the pieces coming together at the right time. doesn't have to be skill necessarily. It doesn't have to be, uh, these virtuosic musicians. It just has to be the right fit at the right time when people are ready for it. And that's what I, I never quite found. I just, I, I, I was, I held my favorite bands in such high regard that I think I was a slave to searching for what it is that I, that we were. And I think that was a mistake. Um, I think bands just need to be whatever it is that they are and hope for the best. Um, but the, like I said, the beauty of being a solo artist is, is you're just what you are and you don't need to bounce ideas off of, of anyone else. You can, you can, the, the streamlining process is much easier. Yeah. And I mean, to use a, a tortured sports comparison, it's like you can, if you've ever, and I know you've coached, you know, uh, kids and certain things over the years I have as well. I mean, we've never coached at a, a high level or anything, but there are times when like you have these great players on your team and, you know, at any level this happens and sometimes it just doesn't work. And sometimes, and then other times there'll be teams of lesser talent and, and it just works. And then you could in like call it basketball or whatever. And then you compare that to, you know, tennis or golf. And that's why it's such a different animal. It's just the guy. Out yeah. there. You're the guy. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, by the way, I, I need to give you credit. I, I love the word guys. And I love the way you use the word guys earlier in the podcast. Um, oh, nice. I love it so much. You know what my favorite guys is? Five five guys. Delicious burgers. Really good. Really good. <laughs> is that um, are they a sponsor? Yeah, uh, not a sponsor of the Boston Podcast yet. But five guys, if you're listening, yeah, good burgers, guys. So uh, I'm a, I can I'm a wall I'm a wall burgers guy myself. Oh well, good segue because we're gonna put you in the Boston vault. And something, oh, hey, something we do on the show. Wow, those alarm sounds are loud and. What we do is we throw you in the Boston vault for a period of uh, for a period of fun. Okay, guys, Jesus. take it down. Jesus, lighten up, Francis. All right, he's all right. He's in the vault. We ask him questions about Boston, and we see where uh, this journey takes us. So you're the per I I often ask this stock question, but you're the perfect guy to ask. Who, uh, give us your favorite Boston band from Boston or musical artist from Boston. And since you, you probably know so many, if you want, give us like a, give us like a Hall of Fame and then like a sleeper. Okay, the one that sticks out was basically it, it was inspired by the thought was inspired by the opening to your show, which is the Jay Giles band. Yeah, um, and I think I would choose Jay Giles because uh, seeing them in 1983 at the Providence Civic Center on the uh, freeze frame tour. Yeah. And seeing Peter Wolf uh, run around with some streamer in a strobe light was one of the first moments that I can remember that made me want to be on stage 
for sure. So so yeah, that so so Jay Giles it would be the the um, the band that I that I would pick first. They're the for me they're legendary in my um, in my my rock and roll uh, lineage or whatever. It's yeah called. yeah, um, I'm glad you brought that up. A couple things. One. We do a podcast here, pod617.com, Boston Podcast Network, with Chachi Lopred, of course, legendary uh, WBCN uh, producer. And he told me that, um, you know, he parted ways with, uh, well, what's what's now the sports hub. Uh, long story short, in, last year he parted ways with the ra- whatever incarnation of the radio station was that he was with for years and years and years. And he did so in kind of bittersweet. I mean, he, I, I don't know what the specifics were, but he, I think he wasn't crazy about leaving. And he got a call from Peter Wolf, he told me. And Peter Wolf said, Chachi, man, you know, I know you're going to uh, go on to something great, and I'm sorry you're no longer with the station, but man, I mean, when they kicked me out of the Jay Giles band, think about how I felt. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny that he could be that, you know, sort of humble to compare it and yeah and it, re- it reminded me that that that's a that's one of rock and roll's big what ifs because people don't really remember jay i mean the, the, i mean our generation does but younger generations don't i mean they're they know centerfold right they know that song centerfold but but they were at their they were at their pinnacle when they broke up yeah. right after freeze frame and they were legendary in boston they probably didn't get enough national exposure but they were to boston fans they were like the stones they were that big and they sold out providence civic center they sold out the centrum and the garden they were huge they would play um you know new year's eve shows and they were huge they're brilliant live they were peter wolf was like the ultimate showman he knew how to work the crowd i remember that night being being with you, how how old might you have been? At that I was show? eight. Okay, you're eight. eight. <laughs> That's amazing that our parents <laughs> were f- foolish enough. And you'll remember this that it was right before. Well, it was it was around the time when rock rock concerts were still, to me anyway, they were scary. Like like yeah. they, there was there was um, at some point, as with a lot of things in entertainment, the corporations got more and more involved and. In some cases, for the better, because um, the first concert I ever went to, I remember the crowd, people would wait until this concert started, and then if they had shitty seats, they would just run down into the aisles and just push, and just buy yeah. this mu- And I remember, it as it happened, there was a, uh, a security guard working that night, and he was actually very tough, and he was keeping the light, he, he was this skinny little shit, because I remember our dad saying, Afterwards, we were all talking about how great the show was, and our dad was talking about how great the security guy was. That guy was just great. He was great. He didn't take any crap from anybody because <laughs> because it was a rough crowd, and there was um, you know the strong odor of drugs in the air, and it was like it, it, I was I was scared. I mean, once they started playing, I think I really enjoyed it. But somebody you, had died. Uh, uh, somebody had died a month prior to our show at the Providence Civic Center. So I went into that show thinking there might be deaths tonight. <laughs> Wait, someone had done, like, like gotten crushed it, it, or it, knifed or something? What was it? 
There was there, there was some. I, I have no idea, but there we was. We can laugh some, about it now. That funny death. Yeah. <laughs> there was some some terrible um, incident that had happened on that tour. Somebody died. You know, it could have been exhaustion, and it could have been. Oh, I but see. I think yeah. it. I think it was some. It was a. It was some brutal incident that happened. And yeah, and so and, and yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. So no, no. So I had that sense of fear, and actually. Um, now that I think about it, it added to the excitement of the yeah. moment. It was dangerous. That, yeah. Yes. And all the greatest shows I've ever seen have an element of danger to them. And all, or not all, but a lot of my favorite bands, especially growing up, scared me at least a little bit. And yeah. that 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 added to the allure, that added to the, the, the idea that maybe I shouldn't be here. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, but um, but yeah, that's for some reason fear is a major component in in um, the allure of a rock show. Yeah, I mean, it it wasn't that far removed from you know the Stones show at Altamont where the guy got uh, knifed to death by a a Hell's Angel, and it it wasn't that far removed from the Who concert where because of uh, a terrible security plan. A, a, a lot of people got trampled to death. I don't. I, I'm saying a lot. I can't remember if it was a dozen or as many as twenty, but it was. There were multiple people who died. It, can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine something like that happening at a show? Um, I mean, I have a friend who who um, was in a big time rock band that you know of, Dave, and he played a show in you know some festival in in Europe, and people died at the festival, and he was crushed by it i mean he was devastated this was this was probably a year before i got to know him and it was um you know he he talked i remember him talking a lot about how the uh the the alleyways or or the the structural components of of the stage set up and the the crowd set up um was imperfect and there was all these he had all these suggestions he was he was really focused on explaining to me how they should have ran that show and um he was really shaken up by it um but it's it's happened and then you know i think they've i think um they understand how to handle crowds a little bit better these days but yeah and i think in the 80s 90s yeah, and the culture has changed. By the way, I mean it happened like at sports stadiums too. Like if if, if you know going to a Patriots game, the old the old uh, stadium, there was an element of fear there too. Um, back when the Patriots sucked, it was it was kind of a a, a, a drunken mess uh, for many games, <laughs> and you kind of you kept you kept your head on a swivel. Um, yeah. So so we can only keep you locked in the vault for a few more minutes, and I've only okay, asked yeah, you, let's do I've it. only asked one question, a couple more. Um, well, By the way, my sleeper, my sleeper would be. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. What's your sleeper? Sorry. What's what's my sleeper? Um, I mean, he's not really a sleeper, but Billy Squire. That's a, that's a pretty good sleeper. Yeah. He's Billy Squire's um, quite an underrated rocker, um, and had it not been for an unfortunate incident with a with a pink uh, tank top in a. <laughs> In, in a in a video somewhere in, in some random apartment, he might still be on top of the world today. <laughs> I was gonna say if um, you called him a sleeper, he'd say, "Are you referring to that music video where I dance on the bed?" Because I prefer you didn't bring that up. Yeah, there was the there was Get the. Me in your arms. 
pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he had a he had a crazy voice. He um he he used to tour with Queen, it pretty often. They, he wrote with, I mean, he was really respected amongst some of the top rock and roll bands, and he had a great voice. He shredded on the guitar, and you know, he was he was pretty quality. But it was because of that video that people stopped taking him seriously. I know, and and that used to be kind of something of an urban legend that. He lost his cool when he danced in a weird tank top. He was also dancing in sort of a, there's no other way to put it, in a feminine kind of way. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and we always joked, you know, this is, we were, you know, or at least I was a teenager at the time. Oh, yeah, he was never the same after that. I remember reading about it years later. He was on record saying that that ruined his career. And, and his, his agent is on record saying, or some some one of the the suits uh, had set this thing up and said they forever regretted putting him in that position. What a, yeah. what a terrible! You know, it's it's kind of like Mike Dukakis wearing the 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 helmet in the <laughs> tank. You know, once you <laughs> once right. you once you saw him wearing that goofy helmet, it wasn't it was never the same. It was the same for Squire. It's too bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's All right, your keep going with the fa- yeah favorite? Um, Let's see. Fa- favorite memory of attending a live Boston sports event. Favorite memory of attending a live Boston sports event. Wow. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, um, you've been, you've been to World Series games, if memory serves. You've been to you've been to a lot of Pats games. Is there anyone um, that sticks out? Yeah, and I I think I talked to you about this recently when when the Patriots. Um, beat the Bengals in in the 85 playoff no not the playoffs it was the final game clinching yeah it was a game that clinched a spot in the playoffs final game of the regular season uh Robert Weathers ran in the final touchdown I remember our mom jumping up and down screaming we're in the playoffs and the crowd um flooded onto the field like a college game and took down the goalpost and then a bunch of drunkards took the goalpost ran it up route one and hit a a power line and (laughs) people went to the hospital i mean again it was that it was that element of danger i know know. and And that yeah that game is is probably the the most memorable for me and from that era especially yeah and it it's spurred the the pats on to the super bowl that year that was the year we we if memory serves we lost to the got crushed by the bears but it was still one of the most exciting seasons in boston sports history because we weren't used to winning with the patriots and that was the type of no. game they typically they, that was the type of game they typically lost and you and me and having wonderful parents that took us to so many games you know we grew up in the shadow of the stadium there and um one thing i don't know if i told you about that game is so the crowd rips the goalpost down, which which if if people are listening and saying that's insane, why would you do that? It was actually very common if for, for huge yeah. games, mostly college, but also in the NFL. If it was a huge game, the fans, you know, before there were rules about security, why not run onto the field and celebrate? And for some reason, everybody wants to tear the goalpost down. So these huge metal things, and yeah, leave it to the. Pats fans to electrocute themselves by carrying <laughs> who, who's whose idea was it to carry the stupid 
you know, when you're drunk and celebratory, I guess you make stupid decisions. Well, and those fans got Super Bowl tickets. Right. For, oh, yeah. For electrocuting themselves. <laughs> oh, did they? Yeah, the, the Pat's Brass, someone in the Pat's organization visited that these these idiots in the hospital <laughs> and gave them Super Bowl tickets. And, and you know, in retrospect, it was probably a well-deserved prize because they got to see the Pats get shellacked. Right. And then yeah. in the Super Bowl, it's like, uh, let's cut to a shot of the Pats fans who got awarded those tickets. They don't have eyebrows anymore, and their hair looks kind of <laughs> yeah. funny. But, 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 yeah. but I got back to the, the parking. That was a game I was there as well but i was with some friends it was the i think i told you it was one of the first times i ever like went to a tailgate and like had an actual beer i was probably like 17 or 18 years old and uh, some dude came up to our group after the game and his face was as, as red as an apple and he was saying i was in the crowd man and he, he was clearly in an altered state and we said oh were you there with the goalpost and he goes i was carrying the goalpost and that goal post, it was coming down on me, man. I thought I was going to get crushed, man. That goal, I mean, I almost died out there, man. <laughs> and it sort of added added to the uh, the color of the experience. Um, so, uh, all right, we're going we're gonna to let you out of the vault. Well done, Adam. You, you, uh, you oh, I, want, I like it in here. Okay. You, you pa- you pa- <laughs> no, you, you passed the audition. We're going gonna to let you out. Well done. Okay. Um, right. And um, – we're going to talk for a few more minutes about your your project. Before we do, I want to uh, once again thank our sponsors, U.S. Postal Service. And the U.S. Postal Service is actually hosting an event that you should know about. They're inviting your community to get together for a hiring event. Whole families invited. Come enjoy complimentary light refreshments while learning about the immediate openings for carriers, clerks, and truck drivers. The location is the Woburn Elks Lodge, 295 Washington Street in Woburn. This is happening Wednesday, September 11th. 12 noon to 4 p.m. Once again, Woburn Elks Lodge, 295 Washington Street in Woburn on September Wednesday, September 11th, noon to 4 p.m. And if you can't make it, worry not. Go to usps.com slash careers for more information and to apply online. Come join the team. Start an exciting career with the U.S. Postal Service. U.S. Postal Service, deliver for the nation. I, I always, uh, as I've said before on the pod, I swell with pride when I say deliver for the nation. And um, I encourage you not to picture uh, Newman from Seinfeld when we're talking about he, he, is, he is a caricature of postal carriers. Most of them are proud and uh, in better shape. That's At true. any rate, yeah. Right. So um, the, the album is untitled as I – well, first of all, Adam, let's, get, let's, let's make sure people know the basics. If people want to support your project to, to release this album – um, this is not like one of it's not like an, a uh, superficial uh, ask for money. You've got like certain levels. And I always think it's fun because it's like one of the it's like a telethon when they they ask you for money, but then they give you cool stuff in return. And I noticed on your website, you've got dif- different things you're giving away. So tell us about yeah. that. Well, you know, first I want to say that, you know, basically I'm acting as my own record company. Right. So um, the the costs of, of a record like this are pretty significant when it comes to the production, the recording, um, you know, paying musicians and pressing the vinyl, which is something that I, I've, I've always wanted to do for my own music. So, um, so, uh, you know, I've been working with 
this amazing friend of mine named Kehan who has done this process before. Um, and he's been such an incredible help in, um, in organizing my brain in, in an effort to, um, to really attack this thing head on and to know how to do it properly and how to do it tactfully. And um, I was always a bit hesitant about asking folks for money, but, you know, I've made sure to stress the, the heart of this project, to stress the uh, sincerity and the, the fact that um, this, is, this is something I'm passionate about and this is something people can really rally behind. It's, it's, um, it's, it's art and it's something that I'm hoping people will really identify with when they hear it. So, um, you know, when you... When you donate to the project, well, you mean you contribute to the project. Um, basically, there are these tiers, and by donating any money at all, that could be a dollar, your or whatever you think the digital version of my album is worth. Um, you, you're going to get the digital album. You're going to get a download of the album, and you're going to be able to hear it. Um, on your computer, on your phone, on your your iPad, what have you, yeah. and so that's pretty much whatever you want to donate. Um, when you donate, fi- I, I hate the word donate. When you contribute fifty dollars to the project, fifty dollars to the project, you're going to get a copy of the vinyl, and it's going to look nice. Uh, we're going to do a colored vinyl. Uh, they'll they'll be there'll be nice liner notes. It'll be like something that belongs in your vinyl collection. Um, and I'm, yeah. and I'm really proud that, that that's something that I'm really excited about. Cause I'm a big fan of collecting records throughout the writing of this record. All these songs that I've written have been inspired by the records that I listen to every day, you know, records from everybody from Neil Young to Elliot Smith to, um, you know, the stones, whoever, um, Vinyl has a real special place in my heart. It's 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 like when I come home, it's like lighting a fire is yeah, putting yeah, on yeah. a record, you know. Did, um, sorry, go ahead. That's exciting yeah. because uh, you've never put out a vinyl record. No, I've never I've never done anything on vinyl. Um, so that's that makes this really special. Um, and I can remember my first records. You know, I remember. Sorry to to digress, but. No, go ahead. Um, uh, I can remember, remember my mom. I, I, re- I can remember as back as when I my allowance was three dollars, and my mom would take me to the mall on Saturdays, and three dollars would buy me two forty fives. They were dollar fifty, and I remember those first few forty fives. Uh, Mexican radio, Wall of Voodoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, you better, you bet. The Who, come on, feel the noise. Quiet riot. Uh, we, we we would go down to. I think we would good go. Good vibrations. Out, yeah, good vibrations in the Walpole Mall, and usually we and the like, Village Mall, and the Village Mall, right? Whichever version of it it was at the time, and we probably had pizza at Pizza Hut or or Papa Gino's or whatever it was, and then we knew we were going there afterwards, and we would like, you know, talk about which 45 we were going to buy. I remember my, my first one was uh, Saturday night by the Bay city rollers. And, nice. uh, and 
yeah, I just remember the three of us, we would, we would talk about like which we were going to get and hopefully always came home with something cool. And then in later years, of course you had to put it on cassette. That was part of the process, right? Like you, you would collect a lot of songs on a cassette that you could, that, that of course that's more portable. You could, you know, put it in your Walkman or, or play it in a car. There was one Friday night we did this and I remember we got home and you had regret. You, I think you picked a Eurythmic song and you're like, you you guys got cool songs and I just got this Eurythmic song. It's no good. And you were real bitter about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the Eurythmics. I don't know why I would say such a thing. Well, in time, I'm sure you came to appreciate it. And then, right. and anyway, so... Um, so yeah, you don't, uh, no need to go through all the levels, but suffice it to say, if you go to yeah, your websites, is it just adamyaz.com? It's adamyaz.com. I have it in front of me. I'll, I'll, I'll just say it really quick. Right, um, by the way, adamyaz, that's adam, y-a-s.com for, yes, for adamyaz.com. Yes. Go ahead. Y-a-s like, um, like you, like Yas, like like the like all the kids say on the on the social networks. I know these kids um, have stolen our name. Go ahead. I know. Um, so, um, you know, fifty gets the vinyl. Hundred gets your name in the liner notes, which is, you know, so, something Fantastic. for yeah, it's for posterity. You, you you have it. You have it forever. Your name being a part of the project, which is pretty cool. You're listed as a contributor to the project. Um, so. For that, you get the vinyl and the digital download. For 200 you get a signed vinyl from me and my cool signature with like a gold Sharpie or some shit like that. <laughs> um, and you also, for $200, you also get a framed, original framed artwork by Zoe Yaz, who is my beautiful oh, daughter. Yeah. Um, and someone who has been in the room as I've written these, as I've been writing and working on these songs and, and been inspired by these records that I play while she, you know, she's a part of, of the fibers of this record. So I'm picturing, um, I'm picturing that this becomes a phenomenon and everyone wants to get in on it and flash forward a few weeks from now, it's 3 AM and you're screaming at Zoe. Are you almost done? Keep Keep going. Keep, keep working. Yeah. Great idea. She's Dad. excited. She's excited because I'm 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 giving her a piece of the the back end, so nice. she'll she'll be take she'll be taken care of. She gets um, and then fi- finally, you know, three hundred, um, you get all of that stuff, and you also get a personalized cover song video from me, a song of your choice, and um, you know, I will I'll, I'll send that to you, and you can do do what you will with it. And obviously I understand that a lot of these big money things are going to be mostly family and friends. So, um, so they're going to appreciate that on, on, on that level, on a level that it's um, that they love me and they're, they're doing this cause they support me and they've already, uh, you know, the, the support for this record already has blown me away. It's humbled me like you wouldn't believe um, I, I haven't sat down and said thank you to everybody individually yet because there are so many people to thank for contributing to this record and, and believing in what I'm doing, which I can't tell you how much that means to me at this stage in the game. But that's the way it's supposed to work. And 
this is kind of the new world order, which is cool. So my my podcast hero, Adam Carolla, he crowdsourced a film, a movie that he produced called Road Hard, which was about uh, it was, I guess, sort of semi autobiographical uh, film about how he kind of had a successful career and his comedy partner hit it big in the movie. It's, it's a guy, uh, Jay Moore portrays the character in real life. It's Jimmy Kimmel who went on to, of course, huge fame on late night TV, but Corolla, but Corolla did what you did. He set up different levels. He said, if you give this much money, you get this and that. And, and then there was, you know, the high stakes ones were, if, you know, if you give X thousand dollars, I'll do a, a personal comedy show, like in your living room or something like that. And I remember since I listened to him all the time on the podcast, he was talking about how he, um, you know, spent a couple years afterwards, you know, paying off all these <laughs> these little things that, but it was, but, but he owned the movie 100%. He did it uh, exactly the way he wanted to do it. And the other cool thing is it let the fans into the process. So that's what I think is cool about this. And um, the, and uh, that big ticket item that you have um so we can pick any song we want you to cover. So I'm going to just uh, I'm going to empty out my bank accounts and just start going down the list of air supply songs that I want you to cover. There gladly there. we'll cover <laughs> air supply. In in fact, yep. in fact, Matt, my brother Matt and I used to lip sync or maybe we used to sing along doing we we would do air supply in the living room of our house. And he was the tall blonde guy, and I was the <laughs> I was the odd small guy with the curly hair. That, that was a weird looking group. That was very strange looking group. They 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 were ethnically eth pardon me ethnically diverse. There was like kind of a random Asian American guy playing keyboard or something. Asian American. Oh, maybe maybe. I think he was. I'm yeah. all out of love. I'm so <laughs> lost without you. I know you are right. I I mean, you know, for what it's worth, it, I I appreciate Air Supply and um Oh, I love every- them. I mean, I, I I begrudgingly used to admit that I love them. It wasn't cool to like Air Supply, but I I like Yeah, I I've them. as you can probably agree with as we get older we start to own the uh the artists who might have been guilty pleasures oh yeah and everybody i mean everybody from air supply hall and oats um leo sayer whoever (laughs) if they if if you reacted to them in a way that was positive made you happy then who gives a shit how how cool they were you know yeah i think uh dave grohl who's somehow become the new rock and roll philosopher soothsayer of sorts. He said uh, recently that one of his favorite songs of the year, we're probably going back about five years. It was call me maybe. And he said, you can make fun of me all you want. I love that song. And it was kind of, it was, it was cool because when we grew up, it was um, I think it was more about status. Like I remember getting to high school and if you didn't like the who and the clash and basically no one else, then you're an outcast. Right, right. Well, you know, and it's funny because um, that was what it was like for, for me as well. I mean, we grew up listening to a ton of Billy Joel. Right. And, you know, and, you know, Matt Matt was a big fan of Brian Adams, is a big fan of Brian Adams. And 
I I listened to uh you know Summer of '69 recently. It's a fantastic song. It's a well written song. Hi everybody, I'm Chami Perel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional, you should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The Irreverent Bitchless Bride Podcast. The hilarious show known as Shawshanked. And the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust. So, so, so awesome. Such a great project. AdamYaz.com. That's Adam. I think you guys know how to spell Adam. I'm always spelling things for my podcast listeners here, but A D A. Sorry. <laughs> right. Adam Yaz and Yaz is Y A S. AdamYaz.com. And as Adam said, if you donate just a dollar, I think you can dig a little deeper, people. But if you donate just a dollar, you'll get the full album when it comes out. And then there's all kinds of other cool stuff, as Adam mentioned, to, uh, to become part of it. And, um, I'm excited to do it. And by the yeah. way, the al- the album doesn't have a name yet, right? Adam? The album doesn't have a name yet. The songs are are all ready to go. We just have to um, make some some tweaks and and embellishments and give them the life that they deserve. Um, oh, my cats are scratching at the door. Wonderful. Um, but you know, I. I got a good, that, that's that's a good that's a good name for the album. Cat scratch Cat's fever. Uh, oh wait, no, that's taken. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's been done. So, you know, we we were talking about uh, asking for money for the project. Um, the reason that I've made peace with that is that I really believe in these songs. I really believe in the way that, and I've and I've worked with some people, especially with my friend Kahan, who has given me this wonderful objective ear and I respect his opinions. Um, we've worked to make these songs really well packaged, um, uh, sincere and, and, and wonderfully emotive and, and very catchy and, um, and you know what? You know, we'll be, the, we'll be the judge. Okay. For crying out loud. Yeah, no, I'm, just, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. These, um, go ahead. No, I I feel like I I explained that very poorly. I might ask you to edit that out, but um, <laughs> no, you didn't. You really didn't, actually. No, no these these are great songs. I guess that's the that's the best way to put them. Um, yeah. And I and I feel that they are they're songs that are going to resonate with people. And so knowing that I had such confidence in what we were doing, I was able to put aside my hangups about asking people for, for money. I don't, I know, I know you're the type that I was actually interested to hear that you were going this way because from what I know of you, you, you are precisely the type that would feel 
uh, for lack of a better word, uncomfortable about asking people for money. But, but, but you know what? It it the fact that matter is this kind of shit costs money, and you, and you know right. it, it. What 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 better? I mean, th- there are plenty of places to put your money to donate to worthy causes, and we all do those things. But to me, I mean, people that know you and people know how passionate you are about music and how you're pursuing this new thing. This makes sense to me. It really does. And, yeah. and I think and I think people and and if you go again, go to adamyaz.com, that's adamyas.com and you'll see you'll see Adam's the video is the video on there actually or do they need to go to the YouTube channel for the video? No, the video's on the website. It'll it'll take it you okay. to to a YouTube link. Um but yeah, the videos the video for one of those songs is up there. There's actually another video for a song that I'll be posting on on Facebook pretty soon this, this is um i'm trying to play quietly in the background here um but if you go you'll not only hear adam's music but you'll see a very clever video um and you'll get a couple laughs out of it but this is some pretty cool stuff and so i was i was fired up you you really did this nicely adam the way you put oh, the thank you the, yeah the um the, there's sort of a it's not a a plea per se that's too dramatic but it sort of explains the project and why you're passionate about it i thought you did a great job with that so check that out well we are up against the clock here on the boston podcast and by the way before we close out um you can find all of our shows at pod617.com all the podcasts that we produce and by the way you could be the next podcast star if you have thoughts of starting a podcast whether you want to uh hit the ground running and do a weekly podcast or you want to try like a few episodes to see if you're good at it, go to pod617.com and hit one of those buttons and contact us and, and let us know. And we will get started with you at our Westwood studios. So Adam has, um, you're awesome. And um, of course I'm biased. You're my brother, but may I, may I say this? I've, I've, I've told you many times um, in seeing you play shows and stuff with rock bands and everything, how I'm like, a combination of like jealous and, and very impressed and just so happy, <laughs> so happy that you got to do a lot of the things that we always dreamed of as kids. But I think this is the best. I think what you're doing now, I I couldn't be more proud of you for doing this because it's, it's, it strikes me as the thing you're most passionate about and to have this Avenue of crowdsourcing and inviting people that know you. And of course, people that don't know you, to get involved in this thing and sort of be part of it. Just good on you, man. Good on you. Thank you so much. And it's, you know, it's such a privilege. And I could say this probably for a lot of my musician friends. We're just, I'm a, I'm a big music fan. I'm a, I've always been a big music fan. It's a privilege to be able to be in the position where I can make something that sounds pretty good. And, um, and that I would, that I have, I have a little bit of talent that allows me to make something that I'm proud of. And, um, and yeah, I'm really excited for it and I'm excited for everybody to hear it. The, um, the false humility police are banging at my door and saying that you're under arrest. No, (laughs) it's not false (laughs) humility. It's genuine humility, but it's, but, um, but you are, you are so good at this and like, you know, you and I have talked about this and, um, the, there are a zillion musicians out there that are so good at what they do. 
and you never hear about them because things didn't like land the, the right way for them or they weren't the right flavor of the month at the right time or whatever it is. And I love the way you approach this, like this is what you want to do at this point in your musical career. And it, it just sounds like I, I, I predict you are going to be, you know, delighted by this and so proud by what you produce. And, and then it is going to be a fucking big hit because it needs to be. <laughs> hey, as, as our, as our aunt Marjorie would say, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> she would and say And you know, yeah. she, I think she has said it. And I'll end on this. Um, yeah. You're partially responsible because you taught me my first <laughs> song on the guitar. Oh, and it was, you had this crappy black guitar. I don't even think it had, it was an electric, but I don't think it had all the strings on it. <laughs> it might um, not have been. But I think you only needed one or two strings to play the lick from My Best Friend's Girl by Spot the Cars. On. Yeah. And you, bum, bum, it, bum, it, it's, well, it's funny because actually that was my first exposure to the idea that it wasn't all that tough, you know? No, that, it wasn't. It was really that, easy. That. That, that writing songs wasn't necessarily about being Eddie Van Halen all the time. Sometimes it was about expressing an idea in a really creative and unique way and an, and an idea that, that came from, from you. So, um, yep. so yeah, yeah well, so I thank remember- you for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you don't know the Cars song, my best friend's girl, it's, now give me a little credit. It wasn't one or two strings. It was three strings. Yeah, I need. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Where is it, it? Yeah. Dum bum 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 bum. There it is. <laughs> so Adam, <laughs> you, 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 yeah, one of at one point in your career when you had produced a CD or whatever it was, you signed it for me and you said, "I owe it all to you because you taught me how to play." Uh, my best friend's girl. It's still the only song that I know how to play on the guitar, and that's why I'm the singer. And so, exactly. You know, I'm not a quality guitar player, even to this day. Um, I only use it as a vehicle to write songs. But, um, but yeah, that was an I, that was an, a mind opener for me, realizing, oh, I I guess I could do this if i had to you know yeah but it's but it's it's so cool because like you you, like you bring that up and and it is it was a shitty uh guitar and it is an incredibly painfully simple song but i think every musician has that moment you know usually very early in their career where they realize they can play something that they've heard of and it's like oh my god i just played it it's sort of in the same way that i hear the song and that's why I, I continue to play guitar in a very crappy way. The guitar that, that you gave me as right. a groom's, groomsman present when you got yeah, married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, it is still a thrill, you know, and, and, and I, I still stink at it. But, um, you know, every, every crappy guitarist can still play guitar. And it's, and, you know, and- if, if, if Ira Finkelstein, who was my, my guitar instructor, he used to come over our house, he, he, <laughs> yeah. That was his real name. Uh-huh. Ira Finkelstein was my guitar teacher when I was 11 years old. Yeah. And um, if, if, he uh, had, if he had taught me songs that yeah. were my favorite songs at the time, I would have been a better guitar player. 
instead instead he he taught me a very old-fashioned way of of learning guitar that turned me off to it and i didn't get into it until i could get into it on my own terms later on uh, uh in high school late late in high school um but i mean i he he would he just didn't teach me my favorite songs i wanted to learn what was on the radio and he was having me do these crazy and you know and in retrospect what the hell did i know maybe he was a genius but um i wish he would have given me a little more enjoyment out of the process yeah i remember he taught you the mexican hat dance didn't he remember that yeah i think he taught me the fucking mexican hat dance yeah, well, that's that's yeah. Well, because ironically, Ira Finkelstein was a Hispanic guy. That was what was so strange. No, he wasn't. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yeah. go ahead and guess he was a Jewish guy. Um, so so <laughs> again, uh, again, folks, go to adamyaz.com, adamyas.com, and and ch- if if for nothing else, check out this awesome video and then find out how you can be part of his new project. So cool! Thank you for joining. Um, me on the Boston podcast, Adam, you're my brother. So you had to do it anyway, but it's still, it made for an awesome show. And, uh, I can't wait to hear the album. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for listening to the Boston, uh, podcast. Please subscribe to us on the Apple podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcast. Our thanks to the folks at Adori who hosts this podcast. That's a D O R I download the app on the app store. And you'll experience a, uh, an interactive podcast that, I can't do justice uh, on this podcast. You have to do it yourself and experience it. And uh, check them out, by the way, at adorylabs.com. Thanks to our friends at the U.S. Postal Service who supports this show. USPS.com slash careers is where you should go to find out for career opportunities at the Postal Service. And on behalf of the great Adam Yes, any final uh, words uh, of uh, rock wisdom? Have a good time <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Ah, I love it. Words to words to live by. On behalf of Adam, my name is Dave, and thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. See ya. Bye.